Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Adam Lefko, I'm my rhymes all the best show. I got Chris and Josh. I like to play squash. I take them out the back. I get them with the sack. I don't know what I'm talking, but I know I'm a walking. All right, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> that was pretty good though. That Thanks. was the best. That yes. was the best rap on this show since Gabe in episode two. Gabe, man. episode two it was a blurry episode. The Chris Sims episode. Oh man, yeah. All right, I'm just going to come out and say it. Right. I was messed up for episodes two and three. Have I, have I admitted this on the podcast yet? No, I don't think so. I was messed up. Can we start the podcast over? He, he doesn't know is what that, to do. Is that a good way to start the podcast? I think it is phenomenal. All right, what episode are we in? Uh, episode 81. He is so scared right 81. now. 81. Tori Holt. Can we start the podcast we know, over? Please? No. All right. Tori Holt. Is it episode 80 or 81? I'm checking right now. I think it's 80. I think, I think it is 80. Yeah, I, think I think we did 80. 79 last so week. So 80. Episode 80. It's yeah. the, the greatest. Right. It's Jerry Rice. Uh, it's Torrance Small. It's Henry Ellard. <laughs> Do you got an 80? Uh, no, I don't have an 80. Well, there the wasn't an 80 I'm figuring out how I'm going to edit our way into this podcast right now. No, no, no. That no, is I, the perfect way to go no, into it. I'll leave it, it in. Um, what about, what is another 80? Come on. Right now, who's the best 80 in football right now, honestly? Right now? Julius Thomas is 80. That's no, he ain't but there. I know. But There's got to be. I feel like players today know that they'll never be the best 80, Jerry Rice, so they take the teens. Well, the so teens you, are certainly a popular choice. You're right about that. All right, 80. Early in my career, you weren't even allowed to do that. You know, it's, it's funny that you are now. Yeah, I'm chewing gum on right now. Is that okay? I'm from New uh, Jersey. Let's just get this out let's of the Let's go to the mall. Sure. It is the first week of the NFL season. And Sims is already and overwhelmed. Sims is going to punch somebody in the face. Oh, and you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to do the f-ing podcast at the end of this long week. This is what I wanted to do. So here's what happened is, Sims, you're such a good analyst, and you're getting really good at it. His and brand. because of that, ble- your brand, Bleacher Report is trying to milk Every ounce of knowledge out of your brain. So I sat there on Sunday because Fendrick left us. Right. He doesn't even well, want to be there anymore. He's bigger now. It's Johnny he's Corporation. Johnny Corporation. Got the Sundays off. Me and Sims are sitting there watching six games at one time. We got these two little kids who are literally tweeting out every comment that Sims makes. If Sims His goes, Twitter account is unbelievable. If Sims the goes, if Sims goes, Aaron Rodgers, greatest quarterback of all time. I look over and these kids are like. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God, they're putting that up there. It's every single thing he says. Then they're like, hey, did you put him on your all 22? It's like we're one quarter in the game. And Don't I, know if we're going to put that defensive tackle on his all 22 team. And then they're they're sitting in a room and just imagine you ever see the movie Starship Troopers where there is a brain bug and they sat there and they're just trying to get every ounce of information. Sims is like locked in a room with three kids trying to watch film. And they're like, all right, so uh, tell us, who, what is your grade for that? And it's oh, like, my gosh. Yeah. Tell everybody what you're going through. Yeah. I, I, listen, this is why I never had a posse, I guess, because if this is what a posse is, I don't want anything to do with it. <laughs> they are all over me. And yeah, they are milking the crap out of me. Uh, the articles part of it. I mean, this is what drives me crazy. Tell me. Okay. You're broadcasting a game on Sunday. Yeah, right. So I got CBS on my back. You're doing right Browns, Ravens. Right. Which is, all, you know, it's just, it's, it's double the trouble. But, okay, they want, you know, power rank the teams right after the games are over Sunday, which is fine. I understand that it's really important for Monday morning for people to wake up. And I think you could do power rankings without studying the film, but the film gives you a lot of insight. It does give you a lot of insight. That's where I get annoyed with the all 22. I mean, literally the games aren't over. And like you said, it was halftime 
of the four o'clock games, and they were like, "So uh, you want to talk about your all 22?" And I was like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" What was you know amazing what? was Terry Por- or Tracy Porter picked off Brock in like the end of the first quarter, put him on the all 22, and, and and they were like, "Well, like, well, Tracy Porter had that pick," and I'm like, "Guys, <laughs> back the." F- Oh. Yes. Yes. Well, you're uh, really smart. But then the next day, they want me to grade all the teams. It's the, the games have been over for 18 hours. Can you grade the coaches, the defense? The best part is that as Sims is being milked, I've been able to lock myself yeah, into right. a room. And, and now this is this is Johnny Film over here. He's been I, amazing. If you watch Adam walk around the office these days, he's just going from person to person to person trying to prove how much film he has watched. It's not about And you've that. watched a lot. I've watched about nine or ten games. He just wants to he's get it out. He's watched more film than you. He can't talk about it. Because yeah. I don't have Sims here, so I don't have someone to go, hey, look – McLean on the Cowboys defensive line was really freaking impressive right. because then Casey's going to look at me and go, a do. So yeah. I'm, uh, like, and I really don't want to talk to you about it because we have so many things we do together. Yeah. I just want to leave it natural for the, and then uh, also I will say that I, gosh, I just dominated picks last week. Dominated. Tell us about it. Cause we haven't heard yet. Oh, <laughs> I've told everybody. Uh, my friends from home asked me to be in their pick'em league at the local synagogue. So wait, you were what? Fifteen and one? You said I was fifteen of sixteen right. in the pick'em league. I won my league, winning, so winning some some money. The only one I got wrong was Patriots Cardinals, where if you pick the Patriots with no Gronk and no Brady, God bless you, because I don't know who was thinking. God, of it. please bless no, me. No timeout. We uh, we both picked the Patriots against the spread. I meant outright. I picked the Patriots outright. Bull- 100%. Oh, you did. Yeah. I, I think I only – I think I would have – We got to our picks later I think I would have gone 13 and 3, I think. I think you went around 13 and 3. Somewhere around. Because so, but you, for me, 15 right. and 1 – I mean, what's funny is, is like 15 and 1, yeah, I feel really confident. I'm worried I'm going to be cocky because you start thinking you know everything. But then I go, Raiders, Saints, probably should have been Toss Saints. Toss up. Chargers, Chiefs, should have been Chargers. Uh, like all these Saints, games. Saints, Oakland. Yeah. Like, Toss up. Is that what it, yeah. No. Oh, wait, you said Raiders yeah, Saints. Yeah. Sorry. Giants Dallas. Giants Dallas. Dallas. That was the one I was thinking in my head. That's um, why. The one I was very happy about, the one that I was like, there, there are games every week where you go, if this doesn't go the way that I think it is, it's going to ruin my confidence. <laughs> Detroit Indy was that game for me. I bet actual money on that game. Just coming into the season, I thought Detroit was the better team. Uh, that game for me this week is Jets-Bills. Having, I'm, I'm with you there. Like, if the Jets lose to the Bills, then I don't understand the point of watching film and covering sports because if it's just going to be loosey goosey and the Bills win and things and like people who Thursday night games and Rex Ryan plays coaches well against his former team, if that happens, then I just don't know because the Jets are so much better than the Bills, it doesn't even make sense. Well, let me just say this: having been in it, I understand your thought from being on the outside, and yes. I have those same thoughts even now to this day. But when I was playing. And let's just say I know one year I got to play and I was a quarter starting quarterback for a playoff team. There were weeks where I know as a fan, we would have like, oh, come on, Tampa's going to win this game. Week 16 against the Saints is a lock. But then when you get out there and you go, damn, you know, I, I was just going to say the, the late great Will Smith who got yeah, shot. Yeah. You see those guys in person. Yeah, but you that's see what I'm saying is. And you realize, man, there's one mistake by us or one wrong bounce or a tip ball, and all of a sudden the game is different. It's just so much closer this day and age than people realize. That's probably why I was going to, like, I think my normal bet that I'm going to make for the rest of the season is $100. It feels clean. It feels easy. But I only put 50 on the Jets because there's weird crap that happens. Like, I think about last year, Green Bay-Arizona playoff game shook my confidence. Because I went, Arizona is better schematically, defensively, offensively. Now, I didn't factor in Carson Palmer's finger or Tyron Matthew, but I didn't factor in Aaron Rodgers throwing two bombs. And I was like, this is crazy. This shouldn't happen. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, your thought was right. Okay, but yes, that's, that's, again, you're underestimating great players. Via NFL.com. Quarterback Sam Bradford expected to start week two. Oh, there he is. Taking on Green Bay. That makes that game a little bit more interesting. It does. I thought they would wait one more week. I really did. Because Green Bay minus two, I look at it and go, Green Bay is better than Minnesota. Chris, can you explain to me new quarterback going to a new place? Like, Oh, yeah. What's the, how long does it take? How long should it take for him to understand what he has to do? The best thing that he at least – it's very hard, first of all. It's hard being the quarterback in general, let alone going to a new place. You know people are looking 
looking at you going, oh, how talented is he? Is he really, really, really help, us? help us? Yeah, is he going to really help us? Man, we gave up our first-round pick. You know guys on the team are actually sitting there doing that. So you throw a wobbly ball in practice, all of a sudden they are looking at each other and like, I mean, we traded a first-round pick for him, yeah. and he threw a wobbly ball. I mean, so it is hard. The offense, learning the checks, I would say, is a certain thing because North Turner is going to have a different set of checks, maybe the plays that he likes against a certain blitz as compared – uh, to what the Philadelphia coaches wanted. Yeah. Will Sam be at the line of scrimmage getting confused between playbooks? Like, will he be, like, mm. looking at the defense and be like, oh, This is where I was playbook. going. It's a great question. This is the best thing they got going for them in Minnesota, and I think the best thing they Tight got going coach? for – Well, no, they got the best thing going for them as far as getting free agent players. They are, they are like the Dallas Cowboys. They are on a number system, right? So a number system is uh, they might call a play and go, all right, let's call it – Zero out, 525 F posts, where for the for his old team in Philadelphia, who the hell is your head coach? Uh, it was uh, Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson, right? He still is. It wasn't. Was. It is. Uh, well, Doug the, Peterson. His coach was Doug Peterson. Might call that same play, gun trips right, 64 arches, yes. right? So, but the numbers actually are the routes. A five route and the number system is a comeback. A two route is going to be a slant if he's by himself, but if he's the inside of three receivers, he's just going to run like over the ball. So he the, can figure out all the routes. He can figure it out all the routes very easily. So if you tune in and Sam Bradford's going eight six seven five three zero nine, you just try to get that. Jenny, you got it's a lot of receivers number. on the field. A lot of receivers. It's an eight wide receiver set. Uh, I just want to do some broad overviews of week one. I don't think anyone should ever look too much into week did one. You tell everybody who's coming up in a few minutes. Uh, Mike Silver, NFL reporter, I think arguably the coolest reporter in the NFL. He's awesome. I've already told this to Paul Kaplan, our booker. I only want cool people. So we're going to work on uh, Pereira in the next few weeks because I think he's cool. Uh, we're going to try and get Mort, right. I think, to come on the next few weeks right. because I want to make sure he's doing cool. But Silver's one of those guys where I go, the man just likes talking ball, and more importantly, Coaches like talking to Silver, so I'm excited to talk to him. Yep. But let me Silver's an awesome dude. Most We've impressive performance in week one. My computer just here. crapped the bed. Well, here, because it probably died because you're it's trying overworked. to do so many power rankings. No, it's, it's uh, Most impressive performance in week one. For me, the Steelers were the most impressive in terms of offensive, defensive, and what they did. I also thought the Patriots doing that to the Cardinals with Jimmy Garoppolo was really impressive, and I would put the Giants in my other top three uh, for most impressive. Uh, I, I would agree. The Patriots are going to be my number one. Really? Uh, yeah, they you will You watched them on film. What did you see? Yeah, well, I, I'm just ultra – you know they're my feelings about their defense. And when I was watching it on TV, I thought, oh, wow, you know, maybe they're playing a little more zone tonight, and they're doing a good job of just keeping the Cardinals receivers at bay. I watched the film and nope, Malcolm Butler. They're Justin playing man to man, right in your face against maybe the most talented receiving core in football. So I would maybe go one there, and then uh, the Bengals should be in there too. The Bengals and the Jets defensive line may have. I, I keep saying it all week. Watching the Jets defensive line is like watching porn. It's amazing. It's like the fact that Pornhub is going to be in our new building. Oh, that is amazing, isn't I'm, it? I'm, I'm definitely going up for a, a, a tour. He's very I'm excited. Great. I really am. Um, all right, so let me let me just go through that. You said the Patriots, the Steelers. Yeah. Uh, who am I missing? I'm, the Giants are definitely in that conversation. Yeah, the Giants would be my second most impressive team of the weekend. The Giants' defensive line is one of the most – like, Olivier Vernon is a stud. Hankin, stud. Snacks, stud. JPP, say it. I mean, he's back. He's back. He is back, dude. The Tell three, me about that. The, oh, he just – they got him on the defense's left side, the offense's right side. And I, he just looks like it, you know, the beast of JPP once again. I remember last ability. year you said that he missed a lot of sacks because he couldn't grab onto quarterbacks. Is that was that affecting him? I, I didn't see it affecting him. Listen, I, what's I, funny about that the glove? He's got a glove. It's like that a very has tailored glove. The sticky nubs on it too. I'm not trying to make fun of this guy. That is the new my new cover band, sticky nubs. But he has like the sticky nubs that the receivers have on it. And he, wouldn't you say this? The one thing that no he can one can get down in the. He can dirt. put that dirt hand down it's in the a dirt. True three point stance. That that Longhorn in the dirt. Um, I will say this. You know what? We never factored into JPP being injured in the hospital. His conditioning. Yes. He looks 
healthy. He does. All right, I want to do this. I'm just coming out with this right now because we're still going to do guaranteed to lose. We're still going to do top five, and we're still going to do our picks. Uh, Before Mike Silver comes on, let's go game by game and tell me the stud from the game. I think I know most of Sims' studs. Buccaneers beat the Falcons. Stud of the game. Give Uh, it to Quan. Yeah, it's Quan or or Jameis. Quan Alexander was everywhere. Linebacker extraordinary. Quan Alexander was the best best defensive player I saw in football this weekend. I haven't watched every game on film, but he was freaking everywhere. He saved the Bucs a number of times. Gerald McCoy was phenomenal as well. And Tevin Coleman is a beast. Yes. Tevin Coleman will replace... Juan Alexander was truly the eraser in that game. Vikings-Titans, I don't know if you've watched this game. I have. I'm giving it to Eric Kendricks everywhere. And Everson Griffin, they're going to sleep on him again this year. Right. I don't know why. He's a good He's going to be amazing. Yes. Uh, Browns-Eagles, did you watch that one? If no, not, I haven't watched it. it on film. Uh, Jordan Hicks, right. looking the part again. Fletcher Cox, obviously. Fletcher, I saw um, that. And I will say that Rodney McLeod is going to have a really big year. From the Browns side, Carl Nassib jumped off. They're just so weak. And it's hard to evaluate the Browns because RG3 missed so many passes. No, you're Ray- not going to even – I mean, no Carson Wentz. Huh? I mean, no, Carson Wentz wasn't – don't worry about it. But he's just the 38 snaps in the preseason rookie quarterback. How excited should game. how excited should Eagles fans relatively be? Because everyone's asking me, should I be excited? Should I not? It was the Browns. It's not. Fly, Eagles, fly. Yes, they should be extremely excited. Listen, you know, I mean, I've – Slobbed on his knob a few times. Understandably so. So I love Carson Wentz. I really do. I believe in him. I believed in his talent coming out of North Dakota State. He's do you feel vindicated at all that Carson Wentz is being a baller and Jared? I, no, we want Jared Goff to be good. We I want know. the Rams to be good. But the fact that you would get into arguments with people about Jared Goff or Carson Wentz, does it feel good? Well, of course. It it's feels, very early. It feel, it, but, it, yes, it does feel good. Uh, and, yeah, you're right. I don't want it to be the anti-Jared no, Goff thing. Like but that. I never understood the total love affair with Jared Goff. I really didn't. Um, he's Raiders, still good. Still might Raiders be Saints, baller. Raiders Saints. Ooh. Uh, Drew Brees is a baller. Yeah. Okay. But I would say – Say what you were going to say about the Saints offense on the video earlier about the weapons with Drew Brees. Yeah, it might be the best group of weapons he's ever had around him. I mean, they have a lot of good running backs, and then you go into the receivers with Sneed, Cooks, Michael Thomas, Brandon Coleman. Uh, they got Fleener at tight end. Whatever. Uh, and their offensive line was really the surprise of the day. I mean, they, they did a phenomenal job pass protecting, and that would have been my did biggest you, concern. Did you guys watch the two-point conversion live? Yes. My, yeah. but that, I was going to make Michael Crabtree my baller of the week. For, well, I mean, would you guys have done that? Uh, we, no one in that room when it happened – I'm sorry for yelling – I remember everyone in that room was like, you go for it here. I, I Just because they were doing whatever they wanted, the Saints. Deep, they couldn't trust their defense. Exactly right. I mean, they, you know, we forget. They went down and scored a touchdown on a two-point conversion before that, too. Their touchdown before that was a two-point conversion where you yes. did to Amari Cooper in the flat. Yes. Um, so, yes, I was pumped for the Raiders. Derek Carr was a baller. Like, listen. When he jumped over that guy? Yeah, like, I would say, like, okay, Drew Brees. People are going to look at the stats and go, oh, Drew Brees must have played the better game. Well, Drew Brees got to throw to some people that were so wide open. Mm. Quality of big-time throws, Derek Carr made more plays and more quality clutch big-time throws. Chargers, Chiefs, you did not watch? I watched some of it. I just was watching I'm making the baller there, Spencer Ware, who I don't know when Jamal Charles comes back if he overtakes Spencer Ware. Like, that's how good Spencer Ware is right Yeah, now. well, I think you're right. There's going to be – they're going to split it right down the – right down the right And down Alex the Smith for diving in there. And the I thing didn't is, watch the offense yet. What's incredible about Alex Smith is everybody knows his limitations, yet he still freaking gets it there sometimes. And yeah. everyone knows he can barely throw it over 15 yards. Well, he can, he can get it down there. It's more of a question of just will he pull the trigger. He's ultra conservative. Um, but – Kansas City, the one thing I like, and I, I've only watched the first half of their defense against the Chargers. They got shredded in the first half, but they, man, did they play a variety of coverages. They blew some of the coverages. That's why some people were wide open for San Diego. Uh, but I thought that was really cool, and Kansas City is not going to be pushed around up front easily. they got all. enough big people now. Uh, all right, so Baltimore or Buffalo. Uh, the Buffalo for baller for me would be Kyle Williams just right. because he was back out there and he was really pushing it. And then who was that Baltimore linebacker that I said earlier? Albert McClellan. Right. Albert McClellan. He's been there was, for a while. He, and he was just everywhere in that game. He's uh, just another big, badass <laughs> kicker. Baltimore Ravens and Bills, it was half of their defenses, their front sevens both being really good, half of their quarterbacks just the Ravens don't have a lot of weapons, and the Bills' secondary is really good. Yes, it is. Uh, Bears-Texans, I know you watched that one. Who's your baller there? Oh, man, my Bears-Texan game. Um, mm, 
I, it's hard for me not to say Whitney Mer- Merciless or Jadavian Clowney. Those are the two names that jump out to me right away. Merciless is so unrespected. I mean, exactly right. I mean, he's, um, a, again, another big guy that has unreal versatility. I mean, he's almost like we talked about the Jordan Jenkins kids coming out of Georgia. Yes. He's playing outside linebacker. He's playing DN. He lines up at three techniques yes. in a few snacks in the game. It's just crazy. You wrote that down in your notes. The ability of the Texans to mix up their front seven really it's special. I was always a little crit- critical of Romeo Cornell because he's a little simple on defense. Yeah. That defense has grown a lot. Packers-Jaguars baller. Oh, man. Packers-Jaguars. There was a lot of ballers on the field. You, you, I made, a, of course, the video about the Packers. The Packers defense has a chance to be special. Uh, I would say if I had to pick one baller there, it would probably be Dayton Jones, who, if you look at the statistics, did he had nothing. no stats. But he kicked butt. He was all over the place. He created a lot of chaos yes. for the Jags and offense. You love their linebackers, the Packers. They're, it's a little bit like we were just talking about with the Texans. They can do so many things with them. And Clay Matthews is getting to play outside. When you got guys like uh, uh, Julius Peppers, who are now only playing like 20 snaps a game. He's a rotational and, role. Right. I mean, For people, be, it's for people that, that like to get a little in the weeds – Jake Ryan at middle linebacker and Blake Martinez, right. you believe, allow um, – what's his name? Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews to get back to his natural position. Right. Um, and Nick Perry on the other side is yeah. really good. He's the other guy starting outside. That's what I'm excited about for that Sunday night game. Of course Aaron Rodgers is going to make plays, but we're going to get to see a good Packers defense on display, and I don't think people are ready for it. Right. Dolphins, Seahawks. Yeah. I'm going to go with Jordan Phillips as sure, a baller. Sure. Out of nowhere, that Dolphins D-line was fantastic. And, yep. of course, Michael Bennett is just a freak. Yeah, but, I mean, we, we you know, I, got, I haven't watched and that Sue. film, but to watch, I watched a lot of that game on TV, I mean, when it was live. Uh, Jordan Phillips was everywhere. Of course, Sue was everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and, and Rashad Jones is another – is a safety that never gets respect. No, he does not. He plays like Earl Thomas. Uh, he does. But it, the thing that you'll never see – Rashad Jones, though, he can be a liability in pass coverage. He That's goes where a little he, risky. He, he's just not real fast. Gotcha. He's got great instincts. He comes down. He makes a lot of great tackles. He reads plays, mm. but he's just not athletically as gifted as – Giants, Cowboys. Cowboys, I would go with – what does he Mayoa? Benson Mayoa. Benson Mayoa is, is coming there and been a pass-rushing threat for the Cowboys when we thought they didn't have yeah. any. He was – you know what? He was good in the Raiders the last two years of the Raiders he battled some injuries and he had, I think it was a knee issue actually yeah so you could see his explosive ability yeah. though he and for me the Giants the I would go Olivier Vernon just because sure it was wow and Casillas I thought was fantastic yeah. at linebacker who else were your ballers in that game yeah I, I mean I like your Casillas pick you know people don't realize how good a Casillas is I mean th- if the New England Patriots picked him up to play middle linebacker oh you know gosh. he's physical uh, Very but, good point. But the big thing is uh, the the 3D tackles for the New York Giants were amazing. We talked about JPP and Olivier Vernon, but Jonathan Hankins uh, and Snacks Harrison Ugh. gave the biggest butt whooping to that. And let's give a shout-out to Landon Collins, Nat Burhey, and Darian Thompson. They got a three-little safety head they there, do. Giants. Yes. Yeah, and I mean, the Giants. Eli Apple looking good. Yes, we, Janoris. We, we didn't factor DRC that DRC. Looked amazing. Well, he, and he followed this Brian around and for most of the And he did day. really well. Uh, two more games, and we're going to get to Mr. Silva. Uh, Lions, Colts, Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford. And then the, the two-headed monster of Riddick and Amir Abdullah, I think, would be the other thing that was really impressive. It works impressive. really well with the Jim Bob Cooter offense. Right. And then Patriots-Cardinals. Oh, man. The Patriots-Cardinals, we talked about the secondary, so I'm not going to talk about that again. Jimmy G was great. We know that. Uh, I think if I had to pick the David guy. David Johnson was a beast. <laughs> I mean, he's amazing. The guy I would pick, I think, if I had to pick anybody in that game, Dante Hightower was phenomenal in the game. Yeah, that's again, something I didn't see. I don't know what his stats were. But just as far as being a middle linebacker, taking on lead blockers, getting some pressure off the edge at the defensive end position, which he's been doing all preseason, uh, again, the, the, the New England Patriots are stacked. They're the best team in football. Speaking of stacked and being the best in football, we're going to a media guy that's got the league by the horns. Mike Silver, NFL media analyst. Thursday night football starts this week. Jets bills. I'm putting a lot of money on the Jets. 825 Eastern on CBS, NFL Network, and Twitter. Mike Silver, we are legitimately excited, and I know Chris Sims is bursting at the seams to talk to you right now. Well, if Chris is bursting, I'm ready to play. Oh, baby. Yeah, Michael Silver. What are you doing, man? I mean, I haven't talked to you in a while. You doing okay? Yeah, I can't complain, man. Still uh, still have a job writing and talking about football, so... uh, if I start complaining, something's wrong. Oh, well, don't worry. I complain all the time, and I have the same job, basically. And, I mean, I, I don't make it through the day unless I complain. I feel better when I complain. So you, you, don't, have, you don't have to hide your true feelings here. Yeah, there's a difference between complaining and publicly complaining, though. Mm, so that's I true. think we're 
We're technically public right now. Yeah, you're right. We are technically public. You're allowed one swear word on our podcast. Uh, for you, we'll grant you two because I like you that much. Ooh. Um, hey, all right. So before Lefko asks you a first question because he probably is, what, what's what's the most intriguing thing going on uh, in your mind in the NFL right now that you're kind of looking at or going, wow, after week one or even behind the scenes that we might not know about? Well, the thing that struck me, I covered the Cardinals-Patriots game, and I, I was just – uh, blown away by Jimmy Garoppolo's poise and precision. And that's a game that they, on paper, not only should have lost, but kind of lost resoundingly. And, uh, you know, it was a, obviously a very close game, came down to a missed kick. But to see Jimmy Garoppolo look to me kind of like young Tom Brady before he was prolific and had all the weapons, Right. Uh, that's pretty scary. That's pretty scary if you're one of the 31 other teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. His poise is his greatest attribute. There's no doubt about that. And it's something I did see in the preseason, but you never know how that will react uh, when it comes to regular season, Sunday night football, and all of a sudden you have guys like Calais Campbell that are actually trying to rip your head off for the first time. <laughs> right. uh, so I, I, or, I'm or with the, you there. Or, or, make your, or make your spleen explode. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. you know, when you got no spleen, you don't got to worry about that crap anymore. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> let me ask you this. Just being on field in person with Arizona and New England, I mean, those are two teams that I don't think people realize the amount of big people the New England Patriots are, like how big Dante Hightower is and Jamie Collins. And then, of course, you can't really do justice to, like, Calais Campbell. I mean, does that jump out to you when you're sitting there on, on field level and pregame and stuff? Yeah, and, you know, look, Chandler Jones went from New England to Arizona, I, another – really good player who plays and so again on paper you would think the Cardinals were in a situation where they'd be able to make a statement so uh yeah I mean you know the Cardinals have built a a very very talented team and obviously the Patriots not only have a lot of talent but are very very well coached so it's uh you know I I think they're going to be two teams that have a chance to be there at the very end they obviously both got close last year i don't write off the broncos like everybody else and i, oh. I thought that was a pretty impressive opener you know and, right. and uh and and simeon also looked pretty good considering and uh you know I, it's not like they were a quarterback driven team last year uh you know as great as peyton obviously is uh that was not the real peyton manning last year so if that defense can stay gnarly then watch out for them yeah oh, we this is the denver broncos fan club against the haters right yeah here. We've been, we love them we've been touting uh mike so i know that you yeah, did a really okay, then, then we're right at home yeah we're no right that, that makes me love you even more uh i know that you did a big project with nfl media lately on education and quarterbacking and really doing a deep dive in what it takes to be a successful quarterback and I think the Patriots are a great conundrum of that question. How do, how are they the only ones to find this rubble, this diamond in the rough that is Tom Brady and now Garoppolo and all that? What did you learn from doing that project just about what it takes to be a successful quarterback in the NFL? Well, they're not the only ones. I think you would look to Seattle as kind of sure. a prototype where you you know, you know took Russell Wilson in the third round, let him compete, and, and that's followed. And, you know, I don't want to – I don't want to overstate Garoppolo. It's a very promising start, but uh, you know, if he ends up anything like Tom Brady, that's pretty awesome. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's obviously a relationship that uh, is the key to success in the NFL. The, the head coach and the quarterback, or the court, offensive coordinator and the quarterback, in some situations. And uh, you know, I just tried to give people an idea, not only about the, the global uh, parts of that, but just how much information a quarterback has to deal with and process in a very, very short amount of time while, as Chris suggested, the Calais Campbells of the world are trying to take your head off. So, you know, we, we talk about it as the toughest job in sports, and I think it is, but, um, you know, when you really get people to kind of give you a sense of that, uh, you know, I'm sure Chris and I over beers, if he really told me what it is and, and what he had to deal with on a play-to-play basis it's kind of mind-blowing so anytime I can kind of get some of that out to the masses I think that's a good thing I literally said this to someone today you mentioned you and Chris having beers right I wish that I was a media person 60 70 years ago where there was a time and maybe it was sooner than that I don't know where no, I could dude you wish you were you wish you were with me in the 90s and the 2000s yeah <laughs> like apparently exactly 
wish. Like I, I don't I, give me don't 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 over romanticize it. Go back and you know go back and look at how many of my scenes were uh, at two in the morning and such. And listen, uh, that's not to say that I got hammered with everyone I covered, but uh, you know I I come from the school where not only can you get deep inside these people's worlds and, and get to know them and get them to trust you and vice versa, but that, uh, you know, it's not like those old days where the journalists would be on the bus, but, you know, wink, wink, nobody would ever tell anything. Right. I, mean, I think there's there's a fine line on the trust meter, but uh, I've definitely benefited over the years from getting to know people on a, a deeper level, and, you know, I, I don't think there's a very, very small amount of people that would ever accuse me of having burned them. And so, so I have oh, disagreements. Right. But sorry, I didn't it, mean to. You know, it's doable. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I, I was just uh, Silver and I, yeah, Silver and I have had a few beers and had some fun. We're at the NFL Combine. Sure. Uh, he's always great that way. Even when we were at the Super Bowl this year, he was having like a house party, and we had stuff for Bleacher Report, and I was doing CBS Sports Network stuff, and uh, but. He is uh, he he's great with people and people well, like a, hanging around him because it's not always football, football yeah. question, football info. He just acts like a normal guy. And I, I think what's interesting is when you're in media, there's been this way that it's changed where it's it's always I got to feed the Twitter. I got to feed media. I always have to have content where I think the best relationships are. It's not the first time you meet someone. It's like the eighth time when you can trust a person and dive deep. I know you have a strong relationship with Hugh Jackson that I thought your last piece I actually tweeted about it I thought it was great kind of getting into the mindset of what it was like taking it over and I'm an Eagles fan and I was like kind of pulling for Hugh Jackson a little bit in that first game but uh, how, how important to you is your reputation with people compared to the job that you have to do because a lot of people in this business are willing to risk everything what is it for you well I think it's a twofold question you know I'm not afraid you know I do two things I give opinions and I do the, the type of stories that you talked about where I dive in deep. So I did that for Sports Illustrated for 13 years and was largely not giving opinions. Now I give a lot of opinions. So, you know, when it comes to telling people what I think and giving informed, opinionated analysis, I pull no punches. And I'm not afraid at all to have people angry at me or excommunicate me. And, uh, you know, some have, some haven't. But... Uh, you know, I'm going to tell you what I think because that's just, I, I just believe strongly in that and that's the way I am as a human and uh, it's a business of intimidation and I guess I'm one person who prides himself on not being intimidated. Now, when it comes to the other thing, uh, trust is everything and, I, you know, I will err on the side of the relationship uh, to a fault every single time. There may have been a few times where, in retrospect, I, I erred and I, I still beat myself up over that. But uh, I believe that if you start burning people or being perceived as someone who burns people, that it will uh, poison you throughout our very small world. So I definitely uh, don't want people ever to think that I broke their trust or uh, you know, did anything to take advantage of that. But when it comes to giving opinions, I'm going to tell you exactly how I feel. Yeah, the best information guys like Michael Silver have, their, their best stuff, they can't ever even tell anybody. Mm. Like, I mean, and, and I know he's not the only insider that's like that. Sure. I mean, I'm sure he knows some deep, dark secrets about a lot of people. Speaking of deep, dark secrets, um, I don't know exactly your relationship with the L.A. Rams you're a California guy. You've been in, I know, the draft room with the Rams and Jeff Fisher. You've been around Cal with Jared Goff. I would like to just hear your insight a little there about golf and maybe just the stresses or maybe we're blowing out this, blowing, you know, making a bigger deal of these stresses about Jared Goff and his situation right now. Okay, I'll tell you everything on this, and I do know a lot, and uh, yes. I, I'm very tight with Jeff Fisher and Jared Goff. So Jeff Fisher philosophically uh, believes that a young quarterback is best served by sitting and watching. Right. And that's, a, that's something that was formed over a long time that included Steve McNair, who he was very, very slow to unveil and had great results with. So Jeff Fisher believes that the best thing for Jared Goff's development is to wait a year. Uh, and remember that Jared Goff comes from a system 
at Cal that is very, very far from pro style. And that wasn't the case when Aaron Rodgers was there and Jeff Bedford was running things. But under Sonny Dykes, it's, uh, you know, it's a, a spread attack that is not, uh, you know, very pro friendly. So when you combine those two things, I believe Jeff Fisher's just doing what he thinks is best for the young man. Now, when you look like the Rams did yeah. on Monday and you look anemic on offense and you've got a guy that you love as a thrower and who has pocket presence and accuracy and all that, uh, and you're coaching for your job, let's be honest, I think you have to weigh all of it. So hopefully for the Rams, they don't look like that again. If they do, even though you're probably throwing Jared Goff to the Wolves, I think you have to strongly consider it. Yeah. You just said he thinks it's best for him to wait a year. Do you think there's any possibility that he's out the whole year? Because that would—I feel like they'd lose their minds. Well, I feel like you're you're applying a post Matt Ryan Joe Flacco ethos mm. to something that before that would have not sounded crazy. Very uh, true. Before Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco, the guys who got thrown in right away, almost invariably, at the very least weren't good right away. You had your anomalies, Dan Marino, obviously, Ben Roethlisberger, who was running a very scaled-down offense on a, on a very good team, you know, and your guys like Rick Meyer, who kind of flashed and didn't sustain it. But for the most part, even Peyton Manning, Troy Aikman, those guys, when you threw them in right away, they struggled early. And conversely, you had your Aaron Rodgers and Philip Rivers and Steve McNair's and Joe Montana's who were brought along more gradually and seemed to benefit from it. So once Matt Ryan and Joe Flacco came in and had really good rookie years, that model kind of changed, and we've seen some guys be very good and others uh, be very bad. And uh, I just think Jeff Fisher is applying uh, the pre-Matt Ryan, Joe Flacco ethos, and remember, he's been doing this a long time. So to me, in a perfect world, the Rams would contend for the playoffs and give Jared Goff that year. I don't think we can assume from that first game that that is the state of affairs. And so, yeah, you've got to weigh a lot of things. So I, at this point, I'd be surprised if it took a year just because the first game was so atrocious. All right, Brett, last thing really quick. Uh, the, what do the 49ers organization feel about Colin Kaepernick right now? Just getting a feel for that. I mean, not that you have to out anybody, but are the 49ers sick of him? Do they wish he wasn't there? What is the whole situation? It actually seems a little better. Now, you know, I I have talked to Jed York about this. I I believe he's actually the perfect owner to navigate this situation and and has done a pretty good job uh, or a really good job. And, uh, you know, look, Colin Kaepernick asked for a trade preemptively, you know, basically right after Chip Kelly took the job uh, and then, you know, talked to the Broncos. They had talks with the Browns. It turned out he didn't want to take a big pay cut in conjunction with the trade and stayed, really wasn't able to compete for the job if it was a real competition because of, you know, coming off of injuries and what was termed a tired arm. And so you could see why the organization would not be warm and fuzzy toward him. But but on this specific issue, the expression, the anthem stuff, they not only seem, uh, you know, cool with him, but supportive. So that part's nice. And, and honestly, it's kind of nice to see Colin Kaepernick come out of his shell. Uh, you know, I'd had conversations with him uh, in the past where I thought, God, this guy's kind of engaging and, and interesting and pleasant, but that belied the way he acted uh, around the media most of the time. And, and I believe that Jim Harbaugh was his role model. He was just trying to please his role model, and he thought that acting like a jerk who wanted no part of interviews was the way to Jim Harbaugh's heart. And right. so in my opinion, at least we're getting to see Colin Kaepernick come out of his shell. And, you know, it's nice that we're having this dialogue. Certainly a lot of people have a right to feel like it's not the the best, uh, you know, or they're, they're not loving, loving the protest. You know, I, I definitely have, you know, mixed feelings on it. I, I'm, I'm very, uh, very sympathetic to the cause. And, uh, you know, I'm glad there's dialogue. But, yeah, I think the 49ers have actually handled it pretty well. Now, if a team like the Browns or somebody else came calling and really wanted Colin Kaepernick right now and was willing to give up, you know, uh, something close to what the 49ers were seeking back in March, uh, would they trade him? My my guess is probably, but I don't think it's a situation where they're just looking to get rid of the guy. 
All right, that's good stuff, man. You the man. I miss you. I love you long time. What do you? Uh, All right, we need. Yeah, I know. We, we need to we hang need to out. Have a, we need. We need to have a hangout session and, uh, um, you know, take it off the air. Yeah, you're right. I mean, we'll be so much cooler in that way. Where are you going this week? Are you going anywhere for games? Yeah, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do Colts Broncos. So uh, should be exciting. The Colts pretty desperate at this point. Yeah. Do not want to start zero and two, but that is a tough. tough uh, Sure for them. Yeah, bring some bandages for Andrew Luck. Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. You the man. Hi, <laughs> uh, you guys. Thanks a lot. See you, Thanks, dude. Man. Uh, Silver's great, dude, man. He's the man. He is. I had uh, I'd never heard that like Jim Harbaugh role model thing. That, that was a good. In- good that take. was the first time I've ever heard that too, good and take. it's very interesting because. Yeah, I mean, think about how dismissive Colin Kaepernick was for a long time. Right. We've heard the off-the-field stories about having weird kind of relationships with significant others of teammates. Yes. None of it's been, like, confounded yeah, or really reported on. Right. But there's been rumors that he's not a great teammate. He's not a great guy. He's kind of short. And what what was your reaction after meeting Jim Harbaugh? Uh, what an Yes, but I also did Colin Kaepernick that day. And he was very cool. He was great, right. And, in fact, he brought up racism that day because yeah. I said, why do you think people treat you the way you do? And yeah, and he, he goes, Cause I'm, because I think it's racism, and I yeah. have tattoos, and they're not used to seeing franchise quarterback look the way I What's do. What's really funny was when I was hearing him talk about California, I got back to a concept that I was thinking that it's really funny that a lot of stuff in our culture right now, idea leaders are in California. Yeah. All the big companies, all the big corporations, Google, all that the stuff. The best economy, economy in the world right now is just California itself, California, I believe. California, San Francisco. And I think it's very interesting that with all of the world's leaders in San Francisco, that a lot of the change in the NFL is starting in San Francisco. Mm. Colin Kaepernick willing to challenge not just racial stereotypes and biases in our country, but also the power that players have in rebelling against something. I think about that San Francisco was also the start where Chris Borland said, hey, I'm not doing this anymore. Anthony Davis deciding he was going to retire early. I think it's very fitting that Chip Kelly is there because he is the ultimate thought leader trying to change the way Uh, the Golden State Warriors creating small ball. I just think it's very interesting that a lot of ingenuity and innovation is happening in both our world, in economy, and also in the NFL. Right. All right. Two things. Just someone else he said. Yes. First of all, like the Jeff Fisher thought. Is that an excuse? Well, the Jeff Fisher, it was it was it was a real thing 20 years ago. But it's a different era. But isn't that the story of Jeff Fisher's coaching career is that he's clinging to things that were relevant 20 he years hasn't. ago? You just can't approach the quarterback situation the way you did in the mid-90s. First of all, quarterbacks are so much further along with the way they're coached in high school, the seven-on-seven yes. seven camps, the other camps they go to, college, all the throwing they get to do there. Uh, yes, that is not realistic anymore. You just got to throw them into the fire. So you don't see that as a viable excuse? No, well, no, I don't think so. I think it's a little outdated in its thinking. I really hey, do. I'm telling you, outdated in his thinking Who cares is what if- is going to be on Jeff Fisher's tombstone. So that, and then, you know, the other thing, and I don't know if this is true. Maybe you look it up, but I, I, I thought I saw that they were saying Jared Goff was going to be the backup quarterback this week. They got to make him the backup quarterback because if they make Mannion the backup quarterback once again in case Keenum – struggles and now Mannion gets in and has a little success yeah they're stuck again with saying man he's behind Mannion now so he truly is a third they're gonna make him the backup this week just in case that happens I have a feeling that if they continue to sit golf we're gonna have this is a a reference that's gonna go way over people's heads a Benjamin Netanyahu-esque presentation by Jeff Fisher and what I mean by that is there was over my head so Benjamin Netanyahu is the Prime Minister of Israel but he had a speech where he went in front of like Congress with like a board and he went here is this and here and he like explained something that was very basic I could see Jeff Fisher going up with a board in front of the media and going here are the quarterbacks that sat here are the quarterbacks that played the question is last year the top two picks were both quarterbacks right Jameis Winston Mariota during the draft I look at you and said you know what the greatest thing is for Ken Wisenhunt and Lovey Smith means that they're extending their career another year well guess what <laughs> both of them got sacked right. both of the offensive coordinators got promoted right Rob Boris ain't getting promoted to shit. right let's be realistic yes. however do you think that Jeff Fisher is thinking, well, what are you, you're not going to let me f- see the guy that I matured as he sat for a whole year? That's a risky game to play when you need results in L.A. Because if they go 2-14, and 3-13, and 13, man, if they go 6-10. and 10, He's done. 
we, this owner is willing to move. Yeah, he's done. He's got to play them. He's got to play them. You're right. He can't sit there fired next year you know and Jeff watch Fisher. Here's what I would tell Jeff Fisher: yeah. If I was in a dark, if I was sitting there with a beer, you know what happens if you play Jared Goff and he's not good? Less need takes the fall. But if you don't, why didn't my coaching staff develop him fast enough? Yeah, totally. I don't know if that's totally going to be true because Fisher probably has more power. I think Fisher has last call on all players. I think he has total roster control. So that's where he'll fall into that little issue there. Mm. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I understand. I feel real good having Carson Wentz. Man. I understand there's the quarterbacks of the world that have sat and been successful, but I mean, Peyton Manning played and he threw 30 interceptions. Russell Wilson, and then the next yeah. year they were 13 and three. And they if were, you got it, you got Russell, it. Right. I spoke to a college class today at Syracuse, and I said, "Look, when you get out of Syracuse, your first job, people will care that you went to Syracuse. But after that, you either got it or you don't got it." Like, no one's going to carry you into school. It's the same thing with quarterback play. You either can play the position or you can't. And you know, you've, you've heard me say this before, you can't practice quarterback. I don't give a crap how many practice reps you got. Just like I said to start with Jimmy Garoppolo, until you're out there in the environment and yes. defenses are disguising and guys are talking to you in the line of scrimmage like, hey, rookie, I'm going to rip your motherfucking head off. And then all of a sudden you look at him and you go, holy shit, he looks like he's for real. He might, <laughs> he might actually rip my head off. Yeah. I think he wants to actually rip my head off. Ref, blow the whistle, blow the whistle. <laughs> but no. That's I, like I, that scene from The Longest Jar where he goes, you broke his freaking neck. <laughs> I think I broke his neck. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, I think um, you have to get out there and just let them have the experience. What scares me about the Goff the most is when he did get out there in the preseason. Yeah, it was shaky. So many fumbles, so many injuries, Yeah, whatever. Right. I hope he does well. Okay. Um, let us get down to, are, are we doing GTL or are we doing quarterback power rankings? Well, guaranteed to lose, Chris didn't have time today to tell me which teams he's guaranteed so to lose. So we read it. Why don't we, why don't so we do that first? We'll three? do it live. Yeah, that means teams. it's time and for. You went, you went three for three last week. Dolphins, Redskins, and Bears. Right. So. Very nice. That was pretty it good. is time for guaranteed. To lose. I'm going I'm to get some theme music for this next week. Yeah, yeah. Oh, welcome to Miami. Benvenido a Miami. Oh, mommy, Miami. You are going to lose this week. Guaranteed to lose to the New England Patriots. Oh, baby. You're in deep trouble in South Florida. You will lose in week two against Jimmy G. And the Pats. That's amazing. So Bienvenido has been turned to Bienito, which is the new welcome. All <laughs> right, enough. so I Dolphins guaranteed. My, yeah, my Will Smith song. That was right. great. All right, so Dolphins guaranteed to lose. Right. Next on, guaranteed to lose. It's horses versus horseshoe, and the horseshoe gonna lose. Hey, hey, Colts, you're gonna go to Denver and get that whooped because I said so. Get whooped. Get whooped. Yes, you're a flag football team, and this is real football. You're going to lose to the best secondary in football, the best pass rushers in football, and Denver's offensive line is better. And, I mean, again, like Michael Silver said, I you know, when are people going to realize that Peyton Manning was the worst quarterback in football? I still hear it like, hey, that Simeon guy was pretty good. He couldn't have been any worse than Peyton Manning last year. So let's get over that. The Denver, Trevor Simeon right. showed you on the first throw against Carolina right. when he pumped fake Coney Ely and then threw a Matt Stafford sidearm. Right, I went, huh, he's better than what they've had. Right. Yes. It's All right. Next on Guaranteed to Lose. Oh, baby. We go into San Francisco. San Francisco. You got to go all the way to Carolina, and you got to play the pissed-off Cam Newton, Luke Keekleys. I mean, they pissed off, They're too. They're so mad. Because Cam Newton got – I mean, I'd never seen anything like it. You got it. knocked the f*** out. Yes. I mean, that was ridiculous. But, yeah, San Francisco, you are going to lose because Chris Sims says you're going to lose. Uh, yeah, they're going to lose. I, I mean – uh, just for those reasons, Carolina's going to be pissed off. They had extra time to prepare. Uh, you talked about it. They're almost like two teams that go, we're just going to out-physical you. Yeah, and, and you're not, not going to out-physical Carolina. Yeah. Right. I mean, unless you're the Denver Broncos, you're not going to win that matchup. And Blaine Gabbert was a little shaky, and they don't have great weapons. Blaine Gabbert, I, I still think Blaine Gabbert's a starter, and he's got some talent. Yeah. But can Blaine he play Babbert, quarterback? I think. Yeah, Glane Babbert. No, they put that on the ground. Oh, the you game. know what? Somebody told me that. I didn't even see yeah, it during the game. Glane Babbert. <laughs> Guaranteed to lose is way more fun when you can hey, curse. Did you enjoy, yeah, did right. you enjoy the, uh, the music bed? Yeah, you know, I was, was going to get some theme music for this next week, I but think I think I would beat rather box. just beatbox. We, we can beatbox. Simpson right. left go beatbox. You ready to rank some quarterbacks? Uh, oh! 
last week, so last week, Sims rankings, Cam Newton one, Aaron Rodgers two, Russell Wilson three, Big Ben four, Andrew Luck five. And that might have to change because those are all. And I'm not doing. Yeah, I'm going to be a little more week to week this year. Okay, that's I am going to do that. So it's a little more changing that way. So we're going to start. We are ranking. Chris Sims, top five quarterbacks. And winning does matter to me. I'm making winning an important thing. It is. I like that. I want you to win the freaking a game. A lot of people okay? get upset when people factor in wins with I, quarterbacks. It, it's not foolproof. I'm just going to say it does matter. He's Mr. Top Five. We'll see if Tom Brady's in there. It's Chris Sims, top five quarterbacks. <laughs> Number five. Number five is... Andrew Luck. Ooh, what? Yes, he lost. You just <laughs> said winning is a factor. I know, but he, he would have been the only reason they won. Exactly right. And yeah. again, here we are. Andrew Luck misses half the year, and it's oh gosh, we're down thirty points, and I've been out here for five minutes. Let me see if I can. Oh, forget the run game. Forget everybody. I'll just drop back all game and sit there and launch it around the field. No problem, guys. Don't worry, Colts. I know you gave me $80 million guaranteed. It probably should have been $180 million guaranteed. I mean, it's unreal. I'll say this, too. Man, does Frank Gore look old. Uh, yes, right? It's amazing it's how over. quickly it falls. Well, no. Right? We, we, I would have said that last year. We were like, he's got about six games left. <laughs> They're milking it too much. Right. Andrew Luck at number five. I wonder if the other quarterback from that game is going to be in this. Number four. Number four is Derek Carr. Who Whoa. Number four in the game. Uh, he, so he wears he, four in all for, games. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you heard me say earlier, Derek Carr, uh, it, listen. The Coolest God squatter in the NFL. In history of the NFL. I mean, he is. And, and, he, and, he, and he's just a cool guy in person anyways, regardless. He's like an old school God squatter. Yeah. But regardless, uh, again, you talk about, like, delivery, like the Stafford. Derek Carr can do all, all arm stuff. angles, yeah. He can make people miss in the pocket. He's got great anticipation. I thought some of the throws and things he did in that he game were phenomenal. He flipped over a defender, right. shot up, shot out the first down marker. I mean, that's what it takes to win in the league. Yes, and he, and he never – I never leave a game going, man, Derek Carr missed some big throws in that game. No. Missed the, like, he's there a, were some at the end of last year that were questionable, uh, and I'm waiting for Amari to officially get rid of his drops problem because it's still it a little bit happened again, you're right. Yeah, but Derek Carr, number four. Yeah. Number three. Oh, Hello, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron. Who drops down from two to three. Yeah, wow. Aaron Rodgers. I mean, listen, their offense sucks. We know that. You've heard me say it a million times. It's it's so painful to watch. In fact, I actually told myself this week, I'm just going to stop watching Green Bay film. I'm so sick of looking at it and going, oh, there's slant flat, and there's two slants, and then there's a, a run 12 yards and curl back to me. I mean, it's just it's his, it's prehistoric. It's a bunch of bull crap. Yeah. But – he makes four plays that make their offense good every game. So just Falling watch the highlights. Down, that's being all sacked, throw. I mean, I will say this: the interesting thing about their offense will be the way they're using Randall Cobb. I think is very interesting. Sixty-two of sixty-three snaps on the field, fourteen at running back. They've done it before. Yeah. But will Aaron convince McCarthy to put new stuff in there? I don't think it's possible. Yeah. I don't think it's possible. The, I, the amazing I, thing Aaron Rodgers is going to do and always do is. Just get him in the red zone. Yes. And then he can just run around and make crap I said this to Sims happen. on Sunday. I said Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, for as good as they are, they've made one mistake. They never had a down year to fire the offensive coordinator. Right. They always Bevel save Bevel and them. McCarthy, right. they save them every year, and they keep their jobs. Right. Aaron Rodgers at number three. Number three. That means number two. Yo-ho, yo-ho, the Pirates' life for me. Hey, Jameis. Yeah, famous Jameis. Yes, wow. sir. I'm putting him in there. Uh, on the road against a Atlanta Falcons team that I think was excited to play. Of course, they're trying. it's a big year for that coaching staff oh as well. Oh, my gosh. In fact, I would say that coaching staff – they don't have a good year. They're in trouble because they're. If moving. they don't have a good year, Chris, they're walking the plank. They are. Yo, ho, yo, ho. Oh, that's bad. That was good. I like Thanks. that. Uh, yes, but Jameis Winston, uh, I, you know, other than Aaron Rodgers and maybe Cam Newton, for my money, might be. You know, he's in that discussion with Andrew Luck, who's the best down the field throwers in football. Sims commented during the game he might be the most exciting thrower in the NFL, solely based on the throws he takes. Right. He only throws twenty five yards. I mean, passes. it's unreal. Yes. Yeah. And, and I mean, and, and my it, favorite part about watching the Tampa Bay game yeah. was there was a part where one of the Atlanta guys came in late and hit Jameis, and one of the offensive linemen got in the ref's face. Right. 
right. and was like, don't let him hit it. And Jameis peeled back the offensive lineman and said, I will talk to him. Because you can read Jameis's lips better than anybody. <laughs> right. And it, he is obsessed with being the leader. He is. I would kill for Jameis. Yeah. And maybe I have. <laughs> number, number one. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. Ding, ding, ding. Who is Big it? Big Ben. Yeah! <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, Big Ben. I mean, Big Ben, I, you said it earlier today. <laughs> like, this podcast has been a disaster. Uh, I think it's, it's been, been the great. best one we've awesome. ever had. Awesome. I think what you said earlier today, like the comparison you said, I think it was today. Cam I, th- I think I said yesterday. I said, you know, when I was watching Big Ben, right. there was one play in the Monday night game where it got snapped at his feet. Right. He picked it up and then threw it 45 yards down the field to Sammy Coates. Like and right I went, on the money. On the money. I said, you know what? All along when we said, who do you compare Cam Newton to? Cam Newton's pro player comparison is Big Ben. It's they're the same guy. They're these huge freaks. Huge freaks sit in the pocket. People are around them. They step up in the pocket. They make these crazy throws. Big Ben is, uh, you know, it, he doesn't get enough credit for his ability to do things at the line of scrimmage. They're legit, and again, he is a guy they're beyond that, legit. They're a they're a top they're a top three Super Bowl team. Yes, right and Le'Veon Bell's not even out there. Not even there. I know. I said this whole hey Le'Veon smoke weed and we'll let D'Angelo kick ass for three weeks and then give you a rest. It's great coaching. Like Mike Tomlin <laughs> is a hell of a coach for doing that. All right, so that's the top five. Yeah, uh, I would have liked to see Stafford crack there, but Stafford, I, I I really thought about it. I he really was did. probably up there. Yeah, uh, you know why I didn't go with Stafford. Because it was a lot of dinks and dunks to the running backs. Exactly. And without, it was it. the right decision. I just but, there was something yeah. about finally seeing Stafford look at a receiver and go, get in bounds, get out of bounds. That was just it was refreshing because yes. he's he's always been like the country, whatever. You're right. All right. So Game can picks. we get an update on the picks from last week? So update, because I'd love to hear it. <laughs> update on the picks from last week. Lefko, you went five and one. Oh uh, gosh. Sims, you went three and three. So, so not what were the off- big disagreements? So the, the disagreements last week. Sims picked the Jets. Lefko, you picked the Bengals. Sims, Ooh, got you em. picked the Dallas Cowboys. Lefko, you picked the Giants. Got them. Sims, you picked. But I understood why you did it. That one made sense, and the Giants were just a lot better than we thought they'd be at this time of the year. Damn, Sims, you, 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 you picked the, one wasn't that bad either. Yeah, it was. you picked the Patriots. Uh, Lefko, you picked the Cardinals. Yeah, so that was man. the one you got wrong. And Sims, you, you picked the Browns. Lefko, you picked the Eagles. That was gosh, man. Well, that one was really stupid. So that one, you were was that six to... games? It was. Yeah, but well, we, I didn't we, say we, all six. You oh, guys, yeah. yeah, you guys agreed on Denver and you agreed on Pittsburgh. Okay. And to keep this year more accurate, so that people, I it's can, amazing how many people have been like, "Hey, you picked Denver. Like that was a good pick." Oh, and I that's why. Like, that's why. So I'm betting on the Jets, and I think I'm also going to put money on the Broncos. If it remains six points, right. how do you not? Yeah. Um, all right. So it is to be more accurate this year. We have submitted our picks ahead yep, of time. I'm collecting all the picks in advance so that Lefko cannot there's cheat no off cheating. of Lefko. I made my picks on Monday. I mean, it's you did. Because I got people crawling up my butt. Uh, well, I need your picks or seven days away from the games. That sounds painful. Yeah, it does. First game of the week, Philadelphia at Chicago. We're starting with the Monday night game. We are. Um, I believe that it is two even teams. I, <laughs> I, I believe that of the two quarterbacks, who is going to be – no – don't let him on. He's not allowed on. He's not allowed on? No, he's not allowed on. I just wanted to, I didn't see him at work all day. He's not allowed on Mark the Mark Cohen runs this office. Of course he's allowed on this podcast. Definitely don't run the office. Say hello. Hello. How are you, sir? We're doing good. We're making our game pick, so you can sit here and just listen. It's going off the rails. Mark Cohen is the only person on the planet Earth who thinks the Dolphins are beating the Patriots this week. Well. I love the Dolphins. <laughs> Mark Cohen loves the Dolphins this surprise, weekend. Surprise, surprise. Mark Cohen has been doing some illegal substances. I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> Because they were playing the Daryl Bevel-led offense of Seattle, which is super simple, and now they're taking on Josh McDaniels. Look, cover three, press bail. Yes. Sam, so yes. you're picking Philadelphia or Chicago? I'm picking, I didn't pick. I'm going Philadelphia. I'm picking Philadelphia as well. It's hard to put any faith in the Bears' offense in general. It's in Chicago. Can we get Cone a microphone? I wish I had a fourth one in here. I know. I'm going Philadelphia because I think that Cone loves the Bears. less picks than Jay Cutler. Cincinnati Eagles defense. It's amazing. We're going to pick a rookie quarterback. Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. Sims, you want to go first? I know that if Sims was doing the spread, you'd take Cincinnati. But if it was straight up, I'm taking taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm taking the Pittsburgh Steelers. Close game, though. Yeah. Really close. Green Bay at Minnesota. Like, really close. 
Green Bay at Minnesota. We now know that Sam Bradford might play. Oh, we know. We now. But know I'm that still. He might. <laughs> hey, everybody out there, he might. We know that he might play. I am going Green Bay because I think, but I also think that it's going to be the Green Bay defensive showcase. I'm going Green Bay. I'm going the same thing. Yes, I'm going Green. Green Bay's defense it can be special this year. Uh, watch our hidden truth. I think that game. What is the over under for that game? I might bet the under. Kansas City at Houston. I don't know anything about gambling. That's why it's so fun because I haven't. I haven't been. I love when Cohen gets on Adam Lefko. Oh, I said something really dumb to Cohen. I said something really dumb to Cohen yesterday just to see how to react, and it was amazing. And I don't remember what I said. Okay, so you said. Give right. him the microphone. So, just give him the microphone. Uh, what is it? Tomorrow night's games, the Jets and the Bills. Right. Yes. Right? It's a pick em game. Not that close. It's a pick em game. Right. I popped my P there. Yes. Like I should have learned that like my sophomore year. Okay, come on. Jets, okay. Bills. Jets, Bills. It's a pick em game. He right. says, what kind of odds could I get on the money line? Of that game. <laughs> well, because the I game th- is on the money line. They're <laughs> minus one twenty. I didn't know in every in I every never, corner look, shot. Look, here's here's my <laughs> thing: is I've never been a gambler, but with all these goddamn weddings I got to go to, I need to get money back for these wedding gifts. So I'm like, let me use my job oh. to get some cash. Can we have a segment on our podcast like three Jewish grandmas right here? You guys <laughs> together? Just, you can host it. I can be the host. Baba Wasp, Waspy Chris Sims. He interviews we'll in, the three Jewish we'll grandmothers. Bring in Jonathan right, Wasserman. Next, next game here, uh, Kansas City at Houston. Uh, Kansas City, Houston, I think we're going to disagree. We are going to disagree. I am going Kansas City. I am going Houston. And I look at this again. I This is what I do when I'm betting against Chris Sims. I go, who is the more talented team? And then I go, who is coaching? And then I go, who is quarterbacking? I trust Alex Smith more than I trust Brock. I don't think he's as talented, but I trust him a lot more because I think Brock makes some dumb decisions. And I, I, I looked at Kansas City in that San Diego game, and I went, you know what? That O-line pushes people. And that D-line pushes people. And I think Houston played a a Chicago team with a really weak offensive line. I think that the strength of Houston is the secondary. And I know that it's the front seven. uh, But I think that they're just going to run the rock. And they're going to go Kelsey. And they're going to – the one knock that I have on Texans linebackers is I don't know how great they are in coverage. Is that fair? It is very fair. So I think Kelsey out there could could stretch them back and give Spencer Ware some more space. And and I, I honestly think that I just think Kansas City is a tighter team right now. I just I think where they are, I think Houston's still experimenting. I'm just seeing a lot of bombs to Will Fuller. I'm not seeing extended drives. Um, and I just I think Kansas City is the better team right now. And I know that you think Houston's going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder because the wild card game when they lost thirty to nine. Yeah, they've lost the last two. They lost they them twice of, last year. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, it, it is a different team. Listen, I, I think this is one of the more under the radar fun games to watch oh, this weekend because they're both. I think everybody just looks at Houston Texans and they see their uniforms and the Kansas City Chiefs. These are really physical football teams. And I don't think J.J. Watt's at full strength. No, he definitely not. I mean, he, in fact, he's just a body out there right now. He's not even. He didn't pop one time no, when I watched. No, he, he totally did not. And it probably will be another six or seven weeks before he's even close to being actually J.J. Watt. Uh, I do look forward to this bloodbath. I think the front seven for the Texans will slow down that run game. I do think uh, – you know, the Texans' four-corner four corner attack, when they put in Jonathan Joseph, Kareem Jackson, uh, Kevin, their first Johnson. Johnson, I always want to call him Norwood, and Abouye, uh, they as a good as cover four as you can get in football. I, I, and, yes, I understand your thoughts about Osweiler. He does scare me, too. Yeah. But I like that offensive line of the Texans, too. I'm just going with the Texans. And I'm going to go with Billy O'Brien, and I just like the way they have looked all preseason. Yeah. Last game Cole's of the game. week to pick. Dallas at Washington. Sims, you're up first. Dallas at Washington. You going to change your pick here? No, I've already picked it. It's in text, so I know I have to be held accountable to what I said freaking on Monday so afternoon. So these are going to be our two disagreements. He's definitely taking Washington. Uh, you are, yes. I did take Washington. You, did take, you I know, regret it, don't you? Because uh, I love Dallas. I, I, I'm not going to regret it. I think Pittsburgh pushed around Washington. What's the D-line? spread? Because I picked – 
I think the Cowboys. I think Washington's the favorite in that They game. are. I picked the Cowboys against the spread because I think the Cowboys were the three-point under. That's what's confusing me is because we did that video earlier today. Yeah, you picked the you picked the Redskins straight up, though. I picked the Redskins straight up. Yes, I, I think this is what worries me about they're going to get – they're going to run the ball down the Redskins' throat. There's no doubt about that. The Redskins' secondary, they're a little And the good thing is they're they not going to put Josh Norman on Dez if he's on the left side I mean, of the field. I mean, geez. At least I know Jay But Gruden. Rashad Breeland did cover Dez well when they've played before. Yes, but that was like Dez when he wasn't totally 100%. They've got to think about that. I'm going Redskins. I'm going Dallas. I think that Dallas's D-line really impressed me in the Giants game. And I know Washington's O-line is better than the Giants' O-line. It just is. Mm-hmm. But... Kirk Cousins kind of scares me too. Well, like he was not great last the other night. Like it's just two game managers at quarterback, and then I go, okay, what about the running games? Zeke and Alfred Morris versus Matt Jones. It's not even close. No, I, I think I the it. Washington D line stinks. I think their linebackers are a little bit overrated. And then when it comes to secondary, I I've always thought that Wilcox and Claiborne and Skandrick. I think they're a very underrated secondary. They are. Um, and I know that you think that Gruden is a better offensive mastermind than Mirinelli is a defensive Yeah, guy. I think that's what scares me is that, like, Dallas won't be able to get pressure on Kirk Cousins. And then they got all these weapons. Jock Dawson sounds like he's close to healthy. Yeah, what is Josh Dawson? And then you know the coverage is Dallas is going to play. So I guess when you're not getting pressure and then you got weapons to throw the ball down the field, I don't know what it is. And I'm just so sick of – listen, Dallas, I love Jason Garrett. They just got to do more. I'm just so sick of the – Again, another team that it's all about. Let's just play hard and be and be sound. Okay, yes. unless you're the Seattle Seahawks of 2013, you're not going to pull that off. It's yes. just it's not going to work unless your team's ultra ultra talented. All right. To recap the picks, we are both taking the Eagles over the Bears. We are both taking the Packers over the Vikings. We are both taking the Broncos over the Colts. I am taking the Cowboys over the Redskins. Sims Redskins over Cowboys. We are. I don't know if we did Jets over Bills, but we're definitely taking the Jets over the yeah, Bills. And I am taking – what was the other one? Good job, host. Host of the year. Oh, here. I am taking the Chiefs over the Texans Correct. and Sims. So the big one is Texans-Chiefs is the game to watch and Cowboys-Washington. Uh, thank you to Mike Silver of NFL Network for coming on here to make special episode 80. I love our new game, uh, Guaranteed to Lose Wrapping. Yeah, that's that's a staple. That's going to be a new staple. Top five. I like that you got some fresh names in it. And uh, episode 81, the podcast to break down week to week. Wait, so is it 81 or 80? No, next week is 81. Oh, gotcha. All right. My fault. Love you guys. Sims, love you long time. Tenth board, love you long, long time. Fedrick, love you long time. Good night, everybody. All right, bye.